Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network. Broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All-Hit Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back to the X-Zone, everyone. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and iHeartRadio. If you'd like to send me an email, X-Zone at com on all social media sites, X-Zone Radio TV. And to find out the great programming we have available for you 24-7, 365 on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. My guest this hour, Exxon Nation, is Lisa. Is Lisa Miliaces, and uh, she is a medium, author, and founder of Extreme Communication. Lisa is a psychic medium. She is also a Reiki master. And um, as a child, Lisa had many unexplained experiences that went beyond imagination and coincidence. These occurrences were exciting, but left her searching for answers. In her teens, she developed a connection to spirit guidance and an understanding that life continues after death. Lisa's journey has been one of finding the delicate balance between working in corporate America and providing spiritual service while tending to the importance of family. Looking back, she realizes her journey is her school and her spirit is her teacher. And uh, her website is www2, that's the number 2, communicate.net. And Lisa, welcome to the X-Zone. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. So tell me, Lisa, uh, tell me more about your indoctrination into the world of the paranormal and spirit. Well, as a little girl, I didn't understand that was what this was. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
I was uh, experiencing what I thought was ESP, and it I had things happen to me as young as the age of five, where I would see shadows or illuminous beings next to my bed. And as I got a little older, maybe there was um, things that were a little bit more like ESP, but yet they went far beyond that. So it was an unfolding, if you will, and a not really understanding that I was actually connecting to those on the other side. It was a journey as a younger years, which I explain in, in more depth in the first book, Being Light Driven, Finding Inner Guidance. So as a medium, how do you communicate or how do you connect with those on the other side? This is a symbolic energy language that we all have access to. And I really believe there's an awareness to this Mm -hmm. uh, energy language. And if you notice, every single one of us has uh, instincts. Uh, If you trust that first instinct, you probably would have avoided a lot of problems in our life (laughs) if we think about it. But it's having that awareness to this energy. And then through meditation and prayer practice, I have learned to elevate my energy level to enhance that connection. All right, so let's say I come to you to have you connect with a loved one of mine on the other side. How do you find that specific loved one if we take the belief that, you know, that we are not the only planet where that sustains life sure. in this reality, in this dimension, in this universe. How do you focus in on that one person or that one I, soul? I, I don't. <laughs> Who does? So how, how this works through me is I will, I, I can't guarantee who will come through and what they will say. And I ask people not to tell me anything before they even come to me. But I do say that spirit hears your thoughts and prayers. So before you come to me, you can speak to them directly, ask them to come through. And if that specific loved one doesn't come Mm -hmm. through, it doesn't mean they're in a bad place. But nine times out of ten, they do. (laughs) And I read the energy that's around, and what is meant to be heard will be heard, because there's a a higher understanding than you, I, or the sitter, um, has about what is necessary to hear. All right, Lisa, stand by. You and I have to take our first break. And explanation, if you'd like to find out more about Lisa, her website is www.2communicate.net. And uh, Lisa and I will be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, 
X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Lisa, we were discussing before we went to the commercial break about, you know, connecting with others on the other side. But what happens in the case where both the sitter and those who are being sought on the other side believe in reincarnation? And at the time of the request of communication, that person has been reincarnated. What happens then? That's a wonderful question. And um, actually one that um, I have actually launched up and asked myself, and in the world of spirit, it's much different than our world. And it's not locked into physical form. So they can be anywhere at any time. And I like to kind of look at it this way. Um, Did you ever think... 30 years ago, that we would be using the Internet the way that we do today, that you have a cloud, and in that cloud, you can put all your different pictures or different uh, files, and then they're accessible, all these different um, tools. Your but, iPhone, but, yeah, yes, the, the cloud is a metaphor for a server. It's not in the cloud. It's in a bank of concept, servers. I'm thinking is the universe or or the energy that mm-hmm. that we're in is not it's not stuck in a physical form. So that soul that's on the other side mm-hmm. can possibly be partly incarnated as well. It doesn't mean that you're separate. They're all part of the same thing. You're all connected within the universal life force energy. So everyone is connected. Every soul is connected in that aspect of life. How do we know there is another side? How do we know that this just isn't a fad? Oh, you know, like yeah, they're, 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 I, I, I totally get that question. Yeah, well, um, they, you know, there's there's no proof. There's no scientific proof. There's no. The, I've had proof. I've had that, proof in my life. That's in you your know? life, but how do you pass that proof on to others who have not had that proof? Well, I can't force anyone Mm -hmm. to have a belief system, but what I can do is I can provide them with an experience, and through the experience, allow them, I plant the seed of that thought of which I believe, and allow them to see if it applies to them. I've had um, many naysayers come to my groups or the sessions, and and they walk away thinking differently from what they've seen. So it's, you know, it's up to you Mm -hmm. what you believe. But I put it out there as, you know, this is what has happened to me. This is what I can offer and allow you to make your own conscious thought. Something that you said, plant the seed of Mm -hmm. thought. That implies that 
that they are actually receiving a a thought from you that this is not a thought that they've developed from them uh, by their own experience. It's just a phrase that I use. I didn't okay. imply anything from it. <laughs> it's just really uh, just the way that I look at it okay. as, uh, you know, you, you're providing something that can nurture and grow and unfold on their own time. It's not up to me to say, here it is. This is what it is. You, know, so, so, you, you look at that. So how do we know that everyone has a spirit guide then? Well, it's a guidance that's within you, and mm. they're not going to show themselves to you unless you ask for it. So you can ask uh, for assistance. Mm-hmm. Now, think of it this way. If, um, if, the, if the school, I believe that the earth is like a, a university for our soul growth. And <clears throat> think of your, of your uh, spirit guide as a guidance counselor while you're here in this university of school. And they are there to assist you and guide you, but not to interfere. So if you want to know who your spirit guide is, quiet your mind. Mm-hmm. Try and do a little practice and ask for it. Ask for a sign. And, you know, a lot of people get hung up because they say, I want to have a name. I really don't think it's necessary to have a name because a name is like a label of something that we provide in our language, but more or less a vibration. And keep in mind that you have... Um, what I've been told and um, what I've done through the years of, of my knowledge is that we have one spirit guide that's connected from the time we enter this lifetime to the time we transition. However, there's others that will come and go along this lifetime journey uh, upon our requests of learning different things. So if, they're there for you. If we have all this guidance and right. if there is a spiritual asset to our aspect, to our existence. What's the meaning of life? To learn for your soul growth is my opinion of Mm -hmm. that. I mean, I can't tell everyone else what their intention is. But from what I've learned, it's all about the soul growth. And a lot of times experiences that we have that have caused us drama or anxiety or difficulties If you look at them from the higher perspective, there's a silver lining that has allowed growth, compassion, and love. And I believe it's all about that on a a broader perspective. Okay, so so our soul grows, then what? Well, I haven't... I am not 100% sure what Mm -hmm. is next, if that's what you're asking me, because I can only speak to what... I have learned over these years uh, part of things that I've studied that have applied to me that I, I, would, I would say, yes, that looks true. Because if you think about it, you can read as much as you want or you can listen to me as much mm-hmm. as you want. But if it doesn't resonate with you, you're not going to, you should just let it pass by. But there may have been many books on after-death communication or those who are near dying or those who, who are in hospice care. And there seems to be a similarity with all of these different instances, and I would call that a truth, the seeing of the white light. You know, you have all these different things that are similar. They're from different authors, different experiences, and I'm sure in your journey, talking to all the people that you do, you've seen some similarities. I've I've seen similarities. I've seen dissimilarities. Uh, I, I, I I have developed more questions than I have received answers. 
And that's over 26 years, four guests an hour, uh, four guests a night, five nights right. a week. That's a lot. It is. It is. And there doesn't seem to be a lot of consistency in amongst, in amongst the, the people, except for the fact that, you know, free will, uh, spiritual growth. And there are different variations of what happens to us when we die, where we go. Is it heaven? Is it hell? Is it another well, dimension? Is it another universe? Is reincarnation real? Is it not real? You know? I can give you some experiences that I've sure. had I'd love to, that. Know that, to know that prayer is heard, because I think that is really, if you were to ask me what mm-hmm. is the main thing you'd want to share with someone who's going through grief, and it would be to know that your prayers are heard and that your loved ones are still there with you. So I was in my early 20s, just getting new to adapting to this concept, Mm -hmm. and I had a very good friend of mine um, that I knew when I was growing up. She was like a a second mother to me. I'm going to give her her first name was June. And as I moved away from home, I became very friendly with another lady that we're going to call Barbara, who kind of took me under her wing, and we were traveling back and forth to Philly to work. So one day, I'm in my living room, and I see a soul that floats above the ceiling mm-hmm. and looks familiar to me, and I wasn't sure 100% who it was. But it looked very familiar. I couldn't see. Then I get the phone call that June passed away. So June passes away, and um, she waved to me, and I honored that and respected that. Now, I'm going to fast forward some time. My friend Barbara, who didn't know June at all, turns ill. She has a rebound of, of breast cancer, and I'm going to fast forward a long time. She's in the hospital, and she's near her end stage. Now, Barbara's afraid. She's afraid of dying. I wanted to go visit her the next day in the hospital, but mm-hmm. I don't like hospitals, and I have a fear around seeing people who are ill. <laughs> so as I'm night and I'm praying, Um, I'm not praying that she's going to get well, because I know that she's not. And I know that she's afraid. And my friend June was a strong, loving woman. And I prayed to June to go help her, to go help her to transition and not be afraid. So the next, and then I closed my eyes and I saw an image of someone who was ill, and they had the skeletal hands and a pointy nose, and it kind of prepared me for what I was going to see the next day. So I didn't act poorly. So I went to the hospital the next day, and there's Barbara, and her husband's there, and her daughter's there, and she's in the bed, and she sits up, she turns, and she looks at me, and she says, June is here. Well, I about fell off my chair, and right after, you know, I knew my prayers were heard. Mm -hmm. That was the first time I really knew my prayers were heard. I went down to have coffee with the husband and the daughter, and I said, does she know anyone named June? Do you know anyone named June? And they said no, and I told them what happened. And the husband goes, oh, well, she's on a lot of morphine, you know, don't worry about that. But to me, that was a very good validation to me that our prayers are heard. So that was one of the very first impactful ones to me. Could that have just been a coincidence? I don't think so, no. Because that's just one of many things that have happened to me, but it was a very impactful one to me. But isn't it fair to say that those who believe will take what they hear or what they perceive and use it as a validation. Well, 
I guess that's possible, yeah. and, and that could be because a lot of people say, oh, I see a feather and it's a sign, or I see exactly. a penny and it's a sign. Yeah. But think about this for a second. Spirit hears your thoughts and your prayers, and they do want to connect you, and they do try many, many times. So they may make it easier to find that feather or to find that thing, because they can do that. They do interact with us because they, have, uh, they are energy. So energy can turn a light on. They can move certain objects. They can work with nature to show you a bird. I mean, they can do these things. So the fact that they hear your thoughts and prayers and they know that that'll be a sign for you, they may put that in front of you more often than not. But on the other hand, it could just be coincidence that, you know, seeing a feather is nothing out of the unusual. Seeing a penny is nothing out of the unusual. I can't deny that. Yeah, you know, so so if somebody was to to give me an example that cannot be une- that could be not denied oh, as a coincidence. One. Well, hold on. Let, let me finish talking before you start cutting oh, me I'm off. I'm so sorry. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's strange that once again, people who want to believe will take any bit of of coincidence, synchronicity or, or evidence and they will use it. Just like any other any other person who has their own belief structure, whether it's Catholicism, whether it's Christianity, whether it's Buddhism, whether it's... it's. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. So let me ask you, where does religion stop and spiritualism start? Well, that's a very tough question, actually. Um, I don't, I think religion is, it's a way of, I think people initially had it for fear-based thoughts to try and control others. Um, I think spirituality is something that's natural that's within all of us. Uh, I think religion is something that you're learned, that you're taught. More of a tradition. All right. And you you need to be taught about spirituality as well, because not every no one that I am aware of is born with the with the um, insight that so many now profess to be spiritualists. Well, in my experience, it had come to me on my own. I was brought up Jewish mm-hmm. and as tradition, traditionally, and um, <clears throat> I do think that may have been a basis for some of my, my thought process and the prayers that I may have used to assist me along the way, but what I've acquired through guidance of spirit and has been more in line with a universal love, and I find that that's similar and common in many of the religions. But I don't study the religions, so I really mm-hmm. couldn't answer that totally. Right. 
Um, the people who come to you uh, for your for your guidance and your and your expertise and your your ability to connect with those on the other side, how does their experience with you change their religious beliefs? Well, I can't answer um, how it has changed them because I don't always know. I don't always have that mm-hmm. contact with them. But what I can say, there have been a few people that may have been afraid to connect with me because of their Catholic upbringing, thinking that it wasn't something that was of the highest good. And after they have come, they realized that it was pretty uh, impactful and spiritual and full of love. So that's what I can explain to you, what I have experienced. Mm -hmm. I've had others come to me and say it's given them great comfort and um, makes them them feel closer to God, universal life force. After somebody passes away, how long should their grieving family wait before they try to communicate with them? Well, it's not... The, the problem isn't with the person on the other side, and mm-hmm. I should say that's an individual aspect because some, when they transition, they may have transitioned from illness or they may have had an accident, and some take a little bit longer to adapt than others, but I've had some that have come through like right away and others like within six months' time. But I find more importantly that the client needs to be ready. They need to go through their mourning process so that they can actually hear what Spirit has to say to them. And what is the basic, the basic reason that they want that they want to connect with spirit? Many times, it's to know that they're okay, to know that they're around, to get that comfort level, mm-hmm. to know that they don't just die; that there is something else out there. Many times, they'll come through with validations of seeing other babies that were born after their death, or they give a lot of validations of things that have happened. Um, that they wouldn't have known or I wouldn't have known. And it makes them feel very comfortable knowing that they're still alongside of them in their journey and that they'll see them again once it's their time. But once again, what happens if this is all smoke and mirrors? And I'm not saying that, that to believe in something is wrong, but I'm just saying what happens if we lead people down a garden path uh, that in believing in something that isn't real. Well, I caveat my sessions that this is for the experience, and it's up to the individual what mm-hmm. they believe as in anything else. But they do have the validations that come through to make their own judgment with that. But how do you know? Once again, validation is like like past life regression. The person will believe what they want to believe. And a lot of people who in a, and a lot of people and a lot of people in the time of need and when they're desperate will take any square and they can fit it into a round hole. Well, there's been some validations where there have been recorders that speak when they're in a record mode, and there's been other validations where spirit comes through talking about that tattoo of a of a sparrow that was on someone's foot that I couldn't see, that mm-hmm. they had just gotten in there. I mean, the, the validations are pretty impactful. Or I'll go workshop shopping, meaning that I go shopping for a gift for a person um, from workshop for the, for the purpose of giving them out. So I shop with spirit. Mm-hmm. I pick up several items, and then before going, I decide 
through my meditation what I'm supposed to bring with me. And those items can be very, very um, telling for somebody. You know, they, they have a lot of meaning for them, things that I couldn't know. Is it possible that the information you're getting is through something as simple as extrasensory perception? That you're picking up the well, thought of the when person? When I was a little girl, I would have thought that, but there's mm-hmm. been too many things that have happened since then. Communications with my grandfather, you know, too many things that have happened for me to, to say that. I would say no to that. Have you ever been subjected to a polygraph test to during a reading to see if there's any deviance or any... any no. Oh, no, eh? Okay. No. Um... Children. Do children come to you as well, and how do you deal with a child? When you say children come to me, you mean children in physical form or in spirit? in physical. Well, a lot of times if children will come because they're having experiences like I did, they typically come to me with their parent. Okay. So I want to make sure that I have parental consent and Mm -hmm. the parent is there if they're underage. And I let them talk to me and tell me what they're experiencing. I let the, I want them to, if you're talking about a counseling session to help them be aware, that's how I would handle it. And then listen to them, because it's important to listen to the children and let them have uh, faith instead of fear to, uh, to embrace this and learn some tools to give themselves some confidence to help them learn their, um, their own language. But if someone comes to me in a reading, mm-hmm. it's handled the same way as anyone else. I do tell parents, make sure that they're able to understand the content beforehand and make sure that they're with them. Interesting. Do you think that the veil between this side and the other side is getting thinner? And if so, why? Um, I don't know, but what I can tell you is that I have noticed that there's been more and more people on board with the subject. Mm-hmm. Um, I came out of a closet, I want to say, oh, like 15 years ago, mm-hmm. and it just seemed like at that time that it was starting to come out. But when I was uh, 20 or 30 years ago, it was something you didn't talk about. So I think the fact that more and more people are becoming aware of it may make it uh, that concept that the, the veil is thinner. How does your immediate family, I mean like your husband or your children, deal with the fact that you communicate with others on the other side? Well, at this point in time, they're okay, they're on board with it, but it has been a journey in my life in the in the very beginning mm-hmm. years of the unfolding. Uh, my children have always been great, and my husband kind of looks at me a little funny, but then he's been okay with it after a while. What has been the strangest? He sees it, you know, he sees what happens. <laughs> What has been the strangest thing that has happened to you as a as a reader and a spiritualist? Your most extraordinary extraordinary experience that you've had? Well, for myself or with my clients? Well, let's go with you first. Well, my my I was expecting my first grandchild and I saw this image of a baby mm-hmm. before I even knew I was having this grandchild. And the baby, it was a little bit grown, and it yelled at me and had curly hair, and it said, it's my life. And it was very, very, um, you know, vivacious. Well, the the human part of me got very nervous, thinking, oh, God, I hope there's nothing wrong, you know, the, that analytical part. 
And after the baby was born, she looked just like that image, and her personality was just like that. It's my life. So that was kind of bizarre for me in the beginning to wrap my eyes, arms around that. And uh, with each grandchild, I have had a visitation before they were born. So it's been, but it's not like that one, more uh, subtle. But that child has a very, you know, great personality. So it would, it would go to, they come through with their personality. And how about for your clients? Well, I had a client that came to me. It was sad for her. She had lost her only child, and she came with another uh, another um, a friend with her. And we both had voice recorders on the. I had both of them on the table, and her child was coming through, telling her that she needs to believe these validations because she had been going to other mediums as well, you know. So I guess she's been looking and searching and seeking. So, in the communication. Um, they were saying, you really need to believe what you're hearing. you got this validation, this validation, and the other. And then the voice recorder said, uh, as it's in record mode, message received, and then it recorded that. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of bizarre uh, to happen, and it was a great validation and a great message. So I, I don't understand when you say the, the recorder showed message received. Explain well, that. it didn't say it said it in a in a in an electronic voice. Now you know yourself if you have a voice recorder, mm-hmm. and you put it in record mode. First of all, it doesn't say anything unless you hit play. True. So it had a it had a a voice that said "message received," a computerized voice, and then it recorded it. Okay, I'm still having a bit of trouble, but. Was it? Was it? Was it? Recorded it, was it, it saying that message because okay. it was in. It was in a position to record. So it recorded the entire message. Yeah. Okay. And was it an analog or digital recorder? Oh, you're asking me technical questions. Was it it's a was little voice, a little Sony voice recorder? All right. So did it have a little cassette in it? No. No. Okay. So that's a digital. All right. Now I understand you've also authored a few books. Yes. So tell me about. Uh, being light driven, finding inner guidance. Well, being light driven, finding inner guidance was starting out to be a journal for my children about impactful things that happened in my life. And it turned out to be a book um, that I like to share with others who are having also experiences because it's all about those early years and being aware that I am a medium. Mm-hmm. And it also helps people understand that there's no such thing as death and gives them a little bit of tips to meditate, go within, so that they can have their own inner guidance. And then the other book, Spiritual Guidance, Trusting the Voice Within, um, if you fast forward a few years, I was doing workshops, and I co-authored this with Dr. Kimberly Friedman, and we both um, had family corporate jobs and did the spiritual workshops. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net.
Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. As a medium, and you know, is is there something else that you can help people with besides communicating with those that they have lost and are on the other side? Yes, I help uh, people to become aware of their own inner voice, their own connection, mm-hmm. of uh, understanding the uh, ener- symbolic energy language that connects us all. Because many energy sensitive people, maybe they're doing Reiki, maybe they have an art project they're doing, they're artists or they're musicians, and they feel a little disconnected. You know, um, energy is um, contagious. So if you walk into a room and people have been fighting, you kind of sense that thickness. Mm-hmm. That's a form of, of, of energy that if you don't learn to protect your energy fields, you can collect those things. Kind of like people get a cold, you get that collective feeling. You don't keep your aura clean. You end up feeling tired or you know, and you know you're not tired, you had enough rest, you know, or you, you start to feel uncomfortable. There's different uh, methods that I can assist people with in, in helping themselves keep their energy clean, being more connected. Um, I, I've, been, I've gone to many psychic fairs where there's been mediums and psychics and so on. How can someone tell who's listening who a credible medium is and who are, who isn't a credible medium? What are some of the red flags? Well, um, I am not sure how to tell how other people are. I think one que- one way may be is if they ask you questions. Um, I would rather not have anybody a- tell me anything beforehand, um, and there's a, a, a view of a, a lazy medium would be, oh, do you have this or do you have that, as opposed to saying what you're seeing, feeling, and hearing. Now, I do ask my clients to say, yes, I understand, or no, I don't understand, mm-hmm. but I don't want them to feed me information. What would you say? I you're... think that may be a good way. Yeah. Uh, how about any, any, other, any other hints that you can help our listeners with? Well, um, I've never, I don't look at people as far as if they were skeptical or, you know, as if they were a, a fake or not, but I think I follow my intuition, and if it feels right, and you don't get that feeling in your stomach like maybe I shouldn't, because your inner guidance, if you get connected to that, will point Mm -hmm. you in the right direction. Can anyone become a medium? I think everyone is psychic. I think everyone can enhance that ability to make that connection, and everyone can have an after-death communication, whether or not they do it to 
the level in public that I do it, I'm not sure, but I think they can enhance what they have to have their connections. What was it that that helped you to decide to go public? <laughs> I was um, meditating, <clears throat> and I was told that I could either help a few or help many. And at that time, I was really scared. Uh, it wasn't popular. I was afraid of the effects it would have on my family. And I would only do this for close friends and family. But I decided to take that second route and help others. And it just so happened synchronistically. I was in a, another medium's workshop, and someone in the back of the room heard my family talking to me that I what I was been doing. And then afterwards, she asked me to read her, and I ended up reading her in the back of the room when we were all done, when it was all closed up. And that was the first time I came out in that aspect, and then from there it got larger and larger. What does a person learn in a medium workshop? Well, there's many things that they learn, because it's, you know, they're watching the, the, <clears throat> the group sessions is what I'm talking about. There's other workshops where I teach, but in a group session where it's a channeling session, people will see other people receive and interact. And in that setting, whether they were maybe afraid to get a, a direct relationship or they're seeing it and they're getting the understanding that our loved ones continue, they're also sharing information maybe from a person they don't know or a person they do know, a message that would be specific for both of them. And it, it is a, it's a wonderful feeling afterwards. What do those on the other side tell you about the afterlife? What is the afterlife life? like? Well, I can only tell you what I've had in my experience, mm -hmm. and there's peace and love there. And though those on the other side that I connect with, with uh, clients, they have healings too, and they like it when you pray for them, mm -hmm. because it helps them as much as it helps the people that are here. Um, I get a feeling of peace and grace and, and that they're satisfied and that they're happy, but there's different levels of, of, of positive in the afterlife, just as there are different levels of people here and in this world. Um, I don't know if I'm articulating that or explaining that correctly, but it's, it's, sometimes it's hard to articulate a vibration of energy that you're understanding into our language so everyone understands it. But it's there's levels of goodness, not a... I don't think there's a hell and a heaven. I think there's all levels of good. Some uh, are a little, little murkier than others. Gotcha. If there's no heaven or if there's no hell, and there's just the afterlife, why is prayer so important? Prayer is a... I, it's my opinion in my... It's my opinion only. Prayer is a focused thought with emotion. And the highest level of vibration is one of love that I've learned. The lowest vibration that I've learned is fear. And if you think about it, almost all negativity comes from a place of fear. So if you look at your emotions of how they are, interact with you on a regular basis, you can kind of use your thoughts to get a, a better vibration to project to the universe to co-create with your life. Now, a prayer <clears throat> is a focused thought. I like mass holidays when people all over the world, like Christmas, for example, they, they are trying to gather with a focused thought and a prayer. 
I think that's a very high vibrational energy for everybody. Tell me, uh, have you ever, ever had an encounter with a Ouija board? And if so, what is your opinion? I don't like them. Why? They're not a toy and they're not a game. <laughs> when, I was, when I was very younger, mm-hmm. when I was very young, a little girl, I did, and it would move quite wildly. But as I got older, I realized that that's a way of opening up without grounding and protecting your energy. So I don't think that you should view that as a game. I think it's it's a good practice to ground yourself, to protect yourself, with uh, so that only that which is of your highest good will be in your experience. Law of attraction, like attracts like. So you want to make sure that you're not mm-hmm. opening yourself up to anything fearful. Well, couldn't we say the same about a, a pendulum, about dowsing, about um, crystals? It's a it's a I, matter of perception I, and a matter of use. Well, I suppose to some level you can, but people view a Ouija board as a game. They don't look at crystals as a game. So they're out in the stores or, you know, as a game, and I don't think, and they're very widespread. Mm-hmm. I just don't, in my opinion, I, I wouldn't want my children or grandchildren playing with them. But yet I love crystals, and I think they can play with them all they want. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had an interesting talk with uh, with someone who was a numerologist and still is, and they were saying... What's the difference between playing it with a Ouija board and going and putting numbers in for the lottery? Because what you're doing is you're still using some sort of divination to try and accomplish something. Well, in my opinion, that's different. And and the reason is, is that you're opening yourself out without grounding yourself first. And that's my only reason I don't like it. So how how should somebody ground themselves? Well, everyone has a little bit of a different practice. Mm -hmm. In my practice, I have my feet on my floor. I use imagery, prayer, and I I imagine that I have the white light around me. I I use what I believe in with Archangel Michael, but whoever, whatever it is that they believe in as a high good, as a good vibration, whether it be God, whether it be your grandfather, whoever Mm -hmm. it is, being there to protect you, because it's a matter of vibration, imagery all together. You can imagine your feet grounding into the floor using Mother Nature. So it's just a practice to, to develop a practice. And I would, I would imagine that your intent on what you intend on doing once you're grounded has a lot to do with it. Absolutely. The intention is 99% of everything. It's not so much what it is that you're doing, whether you're burning the sage mm-hmm. to clear the energy, but it's the intention behind it. Absolutely. We've got about a minute and a half left. What are your final thoughts for the Exxon Nation tonight? I'm grateful for being here, and I want to thank you for inviting me to have this conversation. It was quite an interesting one. (laughs) It shows different aspects, and I hope that people will have their own experience and make their own judgments. And let our listeners know how they can contact you. Please feel free to contact me at my website, www.the2communicate.net and you can email me at lisa at the2communicate.net I look forward to hearing from all of you. And thank you so much for joining us tonight, Lisa. I asked her some hard questions and got good answers. That's what I appreciate. Somebody who doesn't back down, doesn't uh, snow job, but like she says, it's a matter of belief. And as we've said many times,